0: SBK Edge Rush drops every week with me and Propo demonstrating, well, why there is such a gulf, quite frankly, even in NFL terms between Generation X and Gen Z. We get you set on the sharp side of the week's action with our favorite looks, tips and steers. Yep, there are Propos, Prop Bets. Of course, there's our SBK Edge Rush Acker and naturally the most important battle of all, me and all going head to head with our Drew Locks of the week. So if you haven't already Check out me, Propo, and occasionally Coco and Pebbles over on SBK Edge Rush, and no, Propo still hasn't watched the wire. Hello, and welcome to the Natcombe's Show. College days, yeah, the days is back. That means Ben Isaacs is back, and that means that I no, I'm not actually going to be doing this show Propo standing in for me but frankly who needs me or Propo when you've got Ben for it the boys are going to be bringing you the very first mock draft of the season Ben's going to tell you which players he thinks are going to go top 10 they'll chat quarterbacks to watch out for in the college game right now and finish with a preview of the playoffs it is college days and I am gutted not to have made it but I will be sitting back and enjoying it just like you
1: Welcome back to College Days, everyone. The people
2: ask Ben, the people get. Well, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's college bowl season. So it is appropriate that we really start our draft coverage in earnest right now.
1: So how do you, just straight off the back? how do you plan your weekends? Because obviously you're a huge NFL fan as well. You're an NFL analyst. You do brilliantly on this show, on TalkSport. And then, of course, you're also a college aficionado. So, I mean, does your wife and kid ever see you?
2: They they do. They see me watching games. <laughs> um, you know my my daughter gets somewhat involved, um, but the way that she watches sports, she, she she loves to take part in sport. But the way that she will watch sport is: here is a team I like. Everyone else is the enemy. I hate everybody else. If this isn't going well, why would I choose to watch this? It'd be like, Why would I choose to watch my family on fire? Like, that's how she would look at it. So sometimes she will be watching with me, but if we're watching a bears game, at certain point she'll just be looking at me like, Why are we why are we putting ourselves through this? But you know, for me. There are work reasons, but for her, it's like I'm not getting enough pleasure from this. Um, with the college stuff, she struggles to get as invested mm. because she doesn't care enough about the teams, which is fair enough. And I do you told- have a team. Yeah, well, I I do. It's just that I it is it is nowhere near as important to me as the Bears. The Bears are yeah. ingrained in my life. When I first started paying attention to college football, um, mainly through the pages of First Down in the early 1990s um maybe even late 80s it was florida state so oh, okay. i really had a thing for florida state at that point i'm you know deon sanders charlie ward those kind of guys and that's stuck with me um but i mean i i always tell people if 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 you haven't got a college football team pick one in every conference so that mm. you've always got something to care about and a lot of the times those teams that aren't going to play each other it's not like Oh, I I like the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. No, you don't. You're a psychopath. So (laughs) in in college football, you you have them in different conferences and you've always got a rooting interest. They Mm. probably won't play each other. Some some teams will be up, some teams will be down. You've always got something going on, often in different, because of the different time zones. You know, the Pac-12 teams will generally play at about midnight on a Saturday, whereas a lot of the other teams will be playing at 5 p.m., saturday i'm talking uk times mm-hmm. so you've got you've got a bit of everything so yeah i like florida state but it's not it's not a big part of my life you know
1: yeah i'm i have to say i didn't necessarily have a team but since the emergence of joe burrow and Jamar chase at uh, cincinnati obviously my nfl team i have grown to love LSU just because I think of that LSU team. I think of the fact that Justin Jefferson was in there. I think the fact that tomorrow Chase, obviously Joe Burrow, Patrick Queen, all of these different players were in one college team. It's hard to not fall in love with that team. I want to go back to something that you quickly just said there. We are going to be running through Ben's first mock draft of the season, just the first 10 picks. We'll get a breakdown of the quarterbacks. We'll be entering the league next season. Who could be your team's next quarterback with so much uncertainty around the QB situations in the NFL right now, and we will get a preview of the college playoffs. Georgia, look destined for glory, but Ben will tell us whether that is factual or not. But I want to touch on something you just said there. Deion Sanders. Can you just for those who don't know, what he's doing in college football right now is very, very intriguing, isn't it? Oh,
2: it's fascinating. So obviously, I'm gonna assume if you're listening to this, you're aware of Deion Sanders, the NFL star before that. He was a college football star, one of just the coolest you can imagine there on draft day. This is before they it was a it was a such a huge TV event. And he's just there kind of like wearing furs and like diamonds, you know, that that kind of guy. Everyone knows what Deion Sanders is like. So he became a few years back, he became a college head coach at Jackson State, which is um a one of the historically black colleges and they play other historically black colleges generally and he turned them into at that level a recruiting powerhouse in fact there was a player who was ranked as the number one player in the country and he'd agreed to go to florida state this is just a verbal agreement there's nothing nothing binding Dion sanders got him to come to jackson state so it's a bit like um if there was some kind of like some star youngster coming out of the Belgian league and it was it Man City were like yeah okay we've we've had talks with him he's 16 he's gonna join us and then um, Wrexham came in for him and he's like no I'm gonna go to Wrexham that's a bit what that was like and it was it was it was the Deion Sanders effect and everyone knew okay well he, he's not gonna stay at Jackson State forever and he is now taken over at Colorado and Colorado are the worst team in the power five conferences. That's the five main conferences of college football. They are the worst. Um, They have been badly coached. The the recruitment has been absolutely terrible. They've just got in effect, a load of bums in they, they, they've struggled to identify any talent. They've appointed Deion Sanders. He's got no connection with the area, no connection with the team. All of a sudden they are just the biggest story. Mm -hmm. Hype train is incredible. He came into the first team meeting and Told people, not many of you are going to still be here. Yeah, that's why um, he said
1: basically none of you are going to still be here. Yeah,
2: he said we're going to we're going to make you quit. Uh, the way that he put it in terms of bringing his own players with him, he said, um, "I'm here and I'm bringing my own luggage, and it's Louis." <laughs> Which you know, I mean, obviously we know that we've travelled with with Nat Coombs. Yeah, exactly. Is, we know on luggage the whole time. He is the Deion Sanders of podcast. Yeah,
1: he really is.
2: Um, <laughs> so. It, He's he's already getting some top recruits. The best players from Jackson State are gonna follow him to Colorado. It is either I don't think there's any way if let's say we're talking just before Christmas in three years' time. I don't think there's any way we're talking about what Deion Sanders is building at Colorado. He will be gone. He will either be an absolutely hilarious disaster of his style not working at the big colleges or he will have been so successful able to recruit so much talent that he will have a bigger job i think those are the only two things there's no way that this is like oh he's going to be there for 10 or 15 years building a program not going to happen colorado is either a stepping stone or it's where he's going to be found out i think it's going to be a stepping stone he is not in terms of the x's and o's we're not talking about bill belichick here you know, he is more of a CEO-style guy. He knows, okay, I need a brilliant offensive coordinator, a brilliant defensive coordinator, and I need guys who are going to reflect the way that I want to do things, but they are going to do the nitty-gritty. And I am going to walk into the living room of one of the top recruits in the country, and by the time I leave, they will be desperate to join Colorado. It's gonna, I'm so excited to see how it plays out. There's going. There's a TV... Crew filming him the entire time. Perfect. One of his sons has a production company of and course. is already making the reality show. That I think the I think the production company is called something like Well Off Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> That's how on the nose we're talking. Oh about my him. goodness! He's he's been happy to tell the Colorado players quite how rich he is, and that I don't need this job. You know, I'm choosing to do this, so it's going to be a roller coaster. And if you if you don't have a team and you love Deion Sanders, there you go, you've got a team. And if you hated Deion Sanders because of the way that he behaved, then, you know, support whoever they're playing each week. 100%. It's going it to be fun either way
1: it is going to be very very fun and we'll obviously be bringing you everything as it happens here on college days with the brilliant Ben Isaacs it should be very entertaining I can't wait to watch Colorado and I never thought I would say that Ben because that is bizarre to say it is bizarre to say it's the same way I can't I was very excited watching Wrexham I thought the Wrexham documentary was very good and I I never thought I would have said that I never thought I'd say the words I thought the Wrexham documentary was very entertaining (laughs) It's, uh, it's a bizarre world we live in but that is the power of money and attraction I guess let's move on To your mock draft. I thought this was a nice way to kind of focus on the top recruits coming out of college next season. It's not obviously draft season yet. We're not quite there. We've still got the playoffs to get to, but still it's always exciting. And there are certain teams who, if you're the Houston Texans especially, are already looking ahead to next season. If you're the Chicago Bears, for Ben Isaacs, you're already looking ahead to next season. Let's start at the top then. Obviously, we're predicting what the draft order is going to be at this moment but you got a rough idea let's start at the top let's start with number 1 i'm assuming this is going to be a quarterback if it's the Houston Texans
2: yeah i've got them taking Bryce Young who's the Alabama quarterback um he has been super efficient clearly a very naturally talented player super powerful arm like the the power with which he can throw the ball is absolutely fantastic um he's it seems that sometimes he might face a little bit of pressure and he has to kind of work at a strange angle. Even if he's gonna throw across his body, the those those throws seem to be absolutely perfect. You know, those wide receivers last season the he could throw into a very, very tight window and he had wide receivers who would always be able to make those catches. This season, he's not had those wide receivers. This is the worst group of wide receivers Alabama have had in a while. So it's been harder for him. But on, if you look at his natural traits and his, especially that arm talent, he is the most talented Alabama quarterback under Nick Saban. Uh, more talented than Tua Tungavailoa. And obviously a lot of people feel the jury's still out. Um, But he's a great runner. He's a great passer. He's the sort of person who you think, okay, he's someone we want to build a team around. And that is perfect for the Texans because they need to build a team. This isn't, let's slot someone into a decent team. This is build a team around a guy.
1: And do you think that he's the kind of character, because obviously he's going to be going into a team has nothing it literally has nothing apart from Derek stingley jr at cornerback who they drafted last year what was it third off the board do you think that he's the kind of character who's going to be able to handle the first year being really rough being really tough do you think he's the kind of guy who will see this as a project that he will be the epicenter of and they will build around him
2: i i think so and i think that if he can we can thank nick saban for that with the way that he molds these players that even when you go to Alabama you know you're going to lose very few games that you won't face that sort of adversity during a game maybe there'll be a comeback that you've got to make but a lot of the time it's you get in front maintain that lead that doesn't happen when you're the first overall pick but Nick Saban the way he the way he coaches these guys he wants to make things as difficult for them as as possible. Like they didn't make the playoffs this season and Nick Saban's probably rubbing his hands together because he knows the motivation that he can use on those guys. So I'd say, yes, he's be- he's won everywhere. He's been like, he's won. He won almost every game in high school, almost every game in college. So it's going to be an adjustment. And I think it's one of those things that you always have to bear in mind that to go from being in a locker room where, you know, that you're going to step onto a field and, be completely out talent the other team to having the absolute opposite but i think he'll relish it he is a he is a strong leader and nick saban doesn't raise fools no
1: he certainly doesn't do that second on your board who is taking who
2: um i've got the bears picking number two and taking will anderson uh edge rusher from alabama yes alabama the top two players in the country i'm I firmly believe those are the two top players in the country. Yet they didn't even make the playoff. Um this is I've heard an, he's a freak. I've heard he's freak. Oh Higgs exactly. Yeah. He is one of one of those kind of incredibly disruptive line guys. The sort of people who you can you just put there on the edge and you've got to you've got to accommodate you've got to accommodate that every single time. Just the sort of person who, okay, we've got a game plan. But no, we can't execute it because he is in the quarterback's face absolutely constantly. Nobody in college football in the last couple of years has pressured the quarterback as, as well as he does. Um, he's got such a strong rush. And if he does get blocked, he's got this sort of movement where he's able to just kind of spin away or they're running the ball and he'll he'll end up making the tackle even though it's kind of not his, not his gap. And he still looks like he's got room to grow because he still seems to be adding extra things to his arsenal i would say he's probably the most talented player in college football um and if the bears are picking at number two they're in a very privileged position because obviously the one thing they don't need is a quarterback so they can take the best player available they've had no pass rush in the same way the texans have had absolutely nothing the bears have had no pass rush and that is just the perfect fit he's perfect fit for most teams but it's something the bears desperately need
1: how do you compare him as a recruit in terms of what you've seen from him to someone like Chase Young,
2: um, I think he's better than really? Chase Young. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love Chase Young, but from everything I've seen of Will Anderson, and uh, that's I'm glad you mentioned Chase Young because those those would be the two. Yes. Um, in recent years, those were the two that I would feel like they are surefire things at the NFL because at the NFL level, because you always it's it is such a premium position that you need those edge rushers. And the the level that he and Chase Young played at, at big colleges, in big games, just they looked NFL quality from day one.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. percent we well, very excited to see him in the league. I'm sure we will be seeing him going very, very high in the draft. Ben Isaacs, of course, has him going number two. Who is at number three, Ben, and who's picking at number three?
2: So at number three, we're going the Seahawks um, because they've got the Broncos pick. Ooh, I'm sure the Broncos fans love seeing the Seahawks pick number three overall and I see them taking CJ Stroud who's the quarterback Ooh. at Ohio State oh, I'm not sure I agree with that well I'm not sure I agree with that maybe maybe I think they love Gino um to be honest it's whether you it's whether you think and obviously we're working this on no trades
1: yes we and are, I yeah. think
2: there I think there will be trades I mean the, the there will be teams that want a quarterback who will no doubt be calling the Bears and putting potential packages together. And it could be the Seahawks do the same. I think that they feel that they're on something with Geno Smith. That yeah, he can so. uh, that he's decent. But is he their quarterback of the future? Mm-hmm. Now with Bryce Young in Houston, he's going to have to start straight away. He's going to have to Trevor Lawrence it. I'm sure that's how it'll be. And it's just, you are going to have to take your lumps. The best situation you can ever put a rookie quarterback in is you don't have to start right away. Yeah, We've got a guy who is going to play this season, if necessary, play next season, but you're the future. CJ Stroud's upside is obviously much higher than Geno Smith's upside. Can Geno Smith win games in Seattle next season? Very possibly, but he's not their long-term plan. Surely, so I think C.J. Stroud, um, who went into this season as it's it, everyone felt okay, either him or Bryce Young. And often it doesn't, it doesn't pan out like that. One of them will be really disappointing, and someone will kind of come up on the inside. But no, it is it has been it has been these guys um again he's a leader he's really really accurate he does not throw a lot of interceptions um he is a bigger guy than Bryce Young Bryce Young gets knock for being uh being smaller but like CJ Stroud he's like is not not huge but sturdy sturdier than Bryce Young great arm strength again just not up there with with Bryce Young but he can he can make he can make every throw you need into to make but for me it's it's the it's his brain and his accuracy. He's such a smart passer. He's someone who is just going to get everything. Reads the coverage really well. And I think after decades, I would say, without there being a good Ohio State quarterback in the NFL, I think we're going to end up with two.
1: Do you think that this is because everyone's talking about next year's quarterback draft? Yeah, everyone's talking about Caleb Williams, aren't
2: they? Yeah, there's next year's so. The 2024 NFL draft will be a better one for quarterbacks than the 2023, but the step-up 2023 from 2022 is massive. So if I was ranking them, I'd say 2021, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, that group as the top, 2024 as the second best, this one as the third, and last year's is just the dregs.
1: How does it compare to... The how does this one compare to the Joe Burrow to a Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts draft? Because obviously that's well, you know, now the cream of the crop, I guess. Exactly. That years,
2: that yeah. one going into it didn't look as good as say the 2021. But at the moment, if you if you're talking about quarterback drafts from the last 10-15 years, that is the one. Yeah. And I I wanna say it's I wanna say it's a, it is quite a drop-off from that because we've we've seen what those players can do but i was i was i'm more excited about 2024's draft than i was about that draft because i felt jalen hurts could be a starter i didn't think he'd be an mvp candidate justin herbert i thought would play at a really high level he's been higher than i thought so it's that one could be historic yeah that one might be. be one that like they're making documentaries about in the future
1: I feel like they are probably going to just because of what Herbert and what Burrow and what Hurts are doing at this moment in time. And Tua could easily do the same if that system continues to develop it the way it is with McDaniel there and his wide receivers. It could, it's very, very interesting. I mean, Joe Burrow is just playing absolute lights out right now. It's incredible. And he's improving at such a fast rate as well. Every weakness that he has seems to disappear slowly, but surely because of his motivation to improve. Lou and Arumo went on the Pat McAfee show the other day and he just said, I've never seen someone more locked in in my life than Joe Burrow. It's crazy how focused he is. He's got that Tom Brady weirdness about him, I have yeah. to say. And obviously this is a Cincinnati Bengals fan probably getting too excited. I just want to touch very quickly on Caleb Williams because you said something on Talk Sport last week, which was everyone saying he's the next patrick mahomes which is obviously a huge uh accolade to have and a huge tag how excited should everyone be about this prospect
2: um very very excited but on the other hand the something that something that people kind of bring back to like kind of bring it all back down to earth is that He developed at the University of Oklahoma. He's now at USC. So Lincoln Riley, very surprisingly, left the University of Oklahoma to become coach of USC. And he's just had his first season at USC and he brought Caleb Williams with him. He continues to thrive like he did at Oklahoma. A lot of the Oklahoma quarterbacks have gone into the league with a certain level of expectation. People who Lincoln Riley have worked Exactly. Baker, Kyler, and... You can't really give him credit for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was drafted out of Oklahoma. He only played his final season there. He'd been at Alabama under Nick Saban. So it's whether Lincoln Riley creates absolutely fantastic college quarterbacks who then don't have the correct tools for the NFL, or whether Baker, you know, Baker Baker wasn't a hot recruit. Baker had kind of kind of he had all sorts of difficulties getting on getting on a team. Kyler Murray not so much. Jalen Hurts not so much. And Caleb Williams not so much. So perhaps we take Baker out of this. And then you're just looking at well, you know, Kyler Murray, it's not like he's a bust, but there are issues there and we can see what's happened with Jalen Hurts. Caleb Williams has the chance to be better than all of them. So yes, like right now, like you know, he's just won the Heisman Trophy right now it's pretty easy to say he will be the number one overall pick in 2024 things can obviously change like i a couple of years back if you spoke to me at this point i would i would have been saying right the net, the an overall the top overall pick in a year and a bit is going to be spencer rattler yeah and spencer rattler now is just like uh now what do i do and is he, he going to go a... in
1: this draft spencer rattler
2: um i don't think that's been established yet he can if i were him i would play another year he yeah. ended the season strongly and he wants to get himself in a good in a good position but like you know sometimes we talk about the pressure that these quarterbacks are under and i remember someone saying to me a couple of months ago about like oh like the thing with justin fields is like can he can he handle all this glare all this attention of having to you know carry the bears and i was like he was the star of a tv show when he was in school yeah like that that show qb1 and spencer rattler was on it and justin fields was on there in different seasons the idea of like, you've got a camera crew following, you're a teenager at school and you have a camera crew following you round because you are such a hot quarterback. And then you go and play at a big at a big program as they both did. And there's others. There are there some that have fallen through the cracks and there are some who are still going to come out and there are some who are just, you know, Tate Martell who's just walked away from football.
1: Crazy. Ted, but, Tate Martell's story is crazy.
2: It is, it is. I And I, yeah, you've got, if you, if you don't know much about Tate Martell, go and, go and read up on the guy. Yeah. Um. So, with, with these players, I never worry about the pressure because of the things that they have experienced. And Spencer Rattler has got such an ego that I still think he can make it. But the point I'm making is, a season is a long time. And we might be having a different conversation about Caleb Williams. But that should we shouldn't forget the two outstanding seasons we've seen from him. If he has a bad season next year, why does it automatically become, oh, oh, that's the real Caleb Williams? Not the two incredible seasons. That was a fluke. Yeah. He was he was just lucky for two years, and now yeah. we see the reality. So, yeah, Caleb Williams is going to be, I would guess, the number one overall pick in 2024. And probably one of the teams we're t- talking about now, <coughs> Houston, may well yeah. end up with that number one overall pick, and that's yeah. going to be a very valuable one to trade away.
1: Will, are people as excited about him as they were about Trevor Lawrence?
2: No, no, I don't think I've ever seen anything like Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Trevor Lawrence was, he was like the number one player in the country from about the age of kind of like 13. And that didn't change until he was drafted. He was, he was, the, he was the kid who scouts went to see him and they mm-hmm. said, that's the first overall pick. No, yeah. And it, it came true. And in terms of kind of the, the the ratings that they do now when they rate um, co- uh, high school players going into college, I think Trevor Lawrence is still the top rated player in history. Um wow. And I think Justin Fields might have been second, and that just shows you how how kind of how strong that quarterback group was mm. that year. And you know they they played against each other in high school, which is amazing. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields they were kind of duking it out within the state of Georgia, even even back then. So probably not up to that level, but USC became hot this year. I think they're going to be even better next year. And you play in LA and you become a big deal. Then you are a true superstar. And if you, if you can be a star in LA, then you can handle anything.
1: 100%. No, it's very exciting. I'm hearing all sorts of things about him. I haven't actually watched much of him myself. But it's fascinating to hear just how excited everyone is
2: about this player. He's got a weird thing with Utah, though, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he can't beat Utah. Yeah. Um, Utah kind of play a little bit different to the rest of the Pac-12, and they just have USC completely figured out. Didn't he so... write
1: F Utah on his fingers for a game?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I love that. Yeah, he's, only, yeah. he's only been at that school. He's only been at that school a year, and he is just completely bought in um you know usc usc are the flagship program in the pac-12 and they are leaving the pac-12 it's so strange they and ucla will be joining the big 10 in a couple of years and we'll be playing teams from the midwest and that's going to be quite the experience for those players because if you're when you go to Utah, if you're USC and you go to Utah, it's one of those places where it's like, oh, this feels kind of remote and cold compared to where we're playing. And they're going to be playing in the Midwest. So that's that's going to be a fun one to keep track of. And just the crazy world of college football where <laughs> we're used to um, occasionally NFL teams moving cities, but moving conferences and playing completely different geographical bases, is that is purely a college thing, wild.
1: This could be a three-hour show at this point. I've literally got so many questions. I, we know. Have to get, uh, yeah, I know. We've done three picks. <laughs> yeah. I know we've done three picks. We've still got so much to get into. I just, every time you say something, I've just got a question every single time. But well, we'll you're, you're the yeah.
2: you're you're the voice of the listeners, so ask away. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I can't. We can't get into the whole way the whole conferences and divisions work. That <laughs> is too. That is too much. That's a whole separate podcast <laughs> that we could do another time. I'm sure. But it sounds fascinating. I mean, I have no idea why they're moving. Why are they? Ah,
2: uh, well, money. So the SEC and the Big Ten are by far the richest conferences because they've got the best TV deals. So imagine, imagine if college football was European football. And if you were, say, Ajax, and you were like, look, Ajax, PSV and Feyenoord, we bring in so much more money than the rest of the Dutch league. Yeah. If we could join the Premier League and get a slice of their TV money. Yeah, we're going to win fewer games and getting into the Champions League is going to be harder. But my God, we'll have, we'll be able to attract much better players. We'll have so much more money to spend. We'll, our facilities will be upgraded. We'll have a bigger budget for the most expensive managers. And that's basically it. It's all, It all comes down to money. And geography is becoming less and less important.
1: Is that not going to have a negative impact on the conferences they're originally in though in the same way like it sounds like a super league model almost do you know yeah. what i mean so no, it exactly. That, yeah. that
2: that is that is the phrase that has, has been part of the discourse it's becoming a super league now it's devastating for the pac-12 absolutely yeah. devastating usc are the biggest program there ucla are a big brand name they've not been as successful and USC is a private university. UCLA is not. It's part of the University of California system. The University of California looked at potentially blocking UCLA, one of its own schools, from joining the Big Ten. They were unable to do so. The Pac-12 was hoping it could be blocked. But you don't want to keep a team that doesn't want to be there anyway. So although UCLA technically don't bring that much, USC didn't want to go completely on their own. So it makes sense for them to go with ucla now a team like ohio state they can they can recruit all across the country they are a a national brand they are huge michigan as well to a certain extent let's say the smaller teams there let's say you're illinois you're wisconsin minnesota teams like that all of a sudden now it's a lot easier for them to recruit in in southern california Mm -hmm. and they can say okay well look USC and UCLA passed on you. You've got a chance to play them each season. You get you'll get to play a home game in LA each season. Will be you know will be there. It, that's a big deal. That really helps for those mid-level and lower teams in those leagues. But it means that if USC stuck around in the Pac-12 with their new coach and everything that's going on, they'd be the favorites to win that league most times. And in the new playoff system that will be coming the 12 team playoff system if you win the pack 12 you're going to be in the playoff whereas now if you're usc you might have to get past michigan and ohio state to make the playoff so that can be tricky and there's talk that the reason that lincoln riley left oklahoma to go to usc was because oklahoma and texas are moving to the sec meaning it'll be harder for oklahoma to make the playoff absolute chaos
1: i did not even know they're moving to a 12 team playoff Oh yeah. How are you feeling about that? Uh thrilled. I love it. Oh, okay, I good. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean it. that I sounds, sounds great, but I don't know if that's one of those where the college football
2: purists are all. Oh fuming. yeah. I mean, there are some, there are some who are against it because they say like a lot of people feel that this year only two teams can actually win it. Yeah. Why do you you know you've got four teams but only two can win it? If you had a twelve team playoff, well still only two can win it. I don't care. I want to see those matchups. I want to see five versus six, etc. I think yeah. those games will be great, especially because some of them will be on on team campuses. The idea of like you know, if if someone's if someone's got to go and play in like let's say a team from uh, Florida's got to go to the Midwest and play in the snow in the playoff, yeah, sign me up. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, no, that does sound very exciting, and it just means more football, which we're always happy for. Here on the Nat Cooper Show on College Days with the brilliant Ben Isaacs. Right, we were doing your top 10 mock draft about an hour ago, so we better return to that. Okay, yeah. Who is picking at number four and who
2: are they selecting? At uh, number four, I've got the Lions picking um, with the Rams pick. crazy, is It's crazy. And is that? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, the Rams got what they wanted. They got a Super Bowl win.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you can't be angry. But it's mad that you have three and four being people selecting... Yeah, it, someone else's pick.
2: Yeah, especially when it's not like the Seahawks and Lions are having disastrous seasons.
1: No, exactly. You know,
2: so they 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 obviously would be very pleased. I've got them picking Jalen Carter, defensive end, out of Georgia. Now, I did think quarterback. Um, obviously, they've actually done done quite well out of a deal this year. Um, mm-hmm. They can be they can be happy with the way Jared Goff has played. I don't think they feel he's their long term starter. No. But I think that they've got another pick in this round. They could pick someone that's perhaps a little bit more of a risk and let them sit behind Goff and see how it goes. But Jalen Carter, potentially the second most talented player in this draft. Um, again, he's a, he's, a, he's a great pass rusher. Um, he's mainly played a defensive tackle. I think he's just going to plug right in. You, He's almost impossible to run against. Um, he gets after the quarterback. He has had an injury, which I think he's, I think that is all done and dusted now. I don't think we're seeing any negative effects from that, but he just dominates. He just gets in the quarterback's face. He just hits running backs in the backfield. He is absolutely outstanding. And, the Lions, I think, could build an absolutely epic defensive line. Aiden Hutchinson, who I absolutely love, mm. put this guy there as well. A lot to love on the Detroit Lions this season, and I think they're just going to get so much stronger if they can draft a guy like this.
1: Do you think that they would take C.J. Stroud if he's still there at number four?
2: I think they will seriously consider it. Um, I think they, I think they do want a quarterback. Yeah. And if CJ Stroud is there, I think they'll be sorely tempted because Jared Goff is probably not their quarterback in two years' time.
1: No, I agree. And also just quickly on Jamison Williams, obviously we're seeing him emerge now after being injured for the first part of the season. How excited should Detroit Lions fans be about oh, Jamison Williams?
2: Very, very. He can be a star in this league and it it almost feels like they got an extra draft pick because of the fact they've had to they've had to wait before he could actually Yeah contribute he's going to be this this season is just going to be a warm-up i think you're going to see the the real version next year and he's going to be he's going to be outstanding
1: he'll be one for fancy as well don't forget to go check out ffs on the nat coom show network with the brilliant james andry the guru it's obviously coming out to playoff times I'm not in many fancy playoffs, I don't think. So it's not necessarily (laughs) important for me, but for those who are, go and check out FFS because yeah, he has got some brilliant, brilliant wisdom as does Ben Isaacs. Number five, Ben.
2: Number five, I've got the Cardinals drafting here and taking Miles Murphy, defensive end out of Clemson. Yes, this is, this is the pass rush draft. This is going to be- Is it just
1: defensive ends and quarterbacks this draft? Is that it?
2: it? that, That is at the top end of the draft. yes. That is what it's about. So this guy is really versatile. I think he's going to be put as a right defensive end, but he can play all over. Um, He's a sack machine. He's got great hands. He's got great strength. He hits really hard. Um, I've seen him drop back. He is such a great all-round player um, that... I don't think it's been getting enough credit, and I think it's because of the because of the other defensive players ahead of him in the list of like of of Will Anderson and Jalen Carter that Miles Murphy is almost forgotten. But the Cardinals can't generate any sort of pass rush. Really, that's the guy that will cure that.
1: Number six, Ben, who is selecting who?
2: I've got the Eagles selecting here with a pick that they ridiculous. require from the Saints.
1: Yep. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous.
2: <laughs> um, and I've gone a little bit controversial here because I I am someone who says don't draft a running back in the top 10. Don't do that. You don't need to do that. You're going to get what? Even with more Saunders this year this year you think they're going to draft a running back? I think they will select Bijan Robinson running back. Really? Texas. Yeah. That is controversial. They are they, they are still going to be they're going to be thin at running back next season, and this is something they now you talk about picking from a position of strength. I think that in terms of the talent that's available, there's there are so few gaps on that Eagles roster. It's it is totally realistic for the Super Bowl champions to be picking at number six. The Eagles could win the Super Bowl, be picking at number six. They'd probably trade down. Yeah, sure. And accumulate some more. Mm. Bijan Robinson is such a fantastic running back. So um I could tell you all about, all about the games that he's won for Texas, how versatile he's been, what a workhorse he is, the burst that he's got, the great feet that he's got. But really my favorite bit is that he has his own brand of mustard. <laughs> <laughs> so is it Bijon's yeah. Dijon? It is. It is Dijon Mustardson. Uh, so you got there. You got yeah, there. I got there. I got you're there. sensible enough to get there. Yeah. It's apparently good. It says on the label, it's like a touchdown in your mouth. Jesus, and sounds
1: like something else.
2: Which is not. So, I've never asked for a touchdown in my mouth. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's. Texas have had an inconsistent season. He has been incredibly consistent um the way that he can the way that he can kind of like quickly hit a hole as it opens up um the way he can make people miss the way he can break tackles i think he's going to be one of the best running backs in the nfl
1: really yeah but do you not think that considering how insanely good saquon barkley looked coming out of college and what the actual product is from the NFL. Do you not think that is a major deterrent for any teams taking a running back in the top 20 picks even?
2: Well, yeah, it is. It is certainly. And it goes against my ethos. And i have it's not because I am so high on Bijan, although I like him a lot. It's because I think he will work so well as an eagle. Yeah. But with someone like Saquon, my, my policy on running backs is, you know, you want to ideally find a gem in the lower rounds. But however you do it, you get those rookies, you let them play their rookie contract, and you move on to the next rookie. Yeah. Don't give running backs their second contract. Yeah, it's expensive, and it's not worth it because they are not as important. It is not a premium position anymore. the The days of like, oh, you need to have a really great running back and a really great middle linebacker; those have long gone. Yeah. So, don't keep them past your rookie contract. But Saquon Barkley has been outstanding. And in my eyes, you just, you cut him loose after that first contract. Wow. Wow.
1: Who is next off the board? Ben?
2: Okay. I've got the Colts picking at number seven and they're getting a quarterback in my world. And it's yeah. Will Levis out of Kentucky.
1: Is he um, finally the solution? Is Will Levis the solution to the Indianapolis Colts quarterback problems of seemingly six, seven years?
2: Ah, uh, I mean, is I don't he know the next Andrew Luck? He's probably not the best next Andrew Luck. I'll be honest, but he is a he is a super intelligent player on and off the field. Like he had offers from like Harvard, but obviously he wanted to play. He wanted to play proper football, so he ended up uh, he ended up signing with Penn State. Didn't get to play at Penn State went to Kentucky and Kentucky were a lot more interesting because of him. Uh, Kentucky generally aren't that, aren't that great. Um, he is, he's been, <laughs> he had a couple of bad games towards the end of the season. And I think that's going to, that's going to skew things, um, but he's exciting. Um, he can, he can run a bit. He's got, he's got a top level arm and, um, He's got to work a little bit on his accuracy, but I think that happens a lot with college players that, that yeah. aren't going like kind of top one or two. Um, he he kind of became a bit of a social media sensation because he would be on social media eating bananas that were unpeeled, oh, God. Um, and drinking coffee that he put mayonnaise in. Oh, he's that guy. He's that guy. He's a sociopath, Ben. Now you, can't
1: you... put mayonnaise and coffee? That's crazy.
2: I mean, you're preaching to the choir, but if you've got the talent, if you've got the arm talent, then... No, know. he's a
1: bust. He's a bust. That's my prediction. That's my insight for you guys here on College Days. He's a, You can't put mayonnaise and coffee. That is crazy. I don't even want to try it. I don't even want to think about it. I love both things. I love and adore mayonnaise and coffee, but you do not put them together. He also eats the banana with the skin on.
2: Yeah. Which is nowhere near as kind of criminal as the mayonnaise in coffee.
1: No, it's not, but still, like just adds to the case that he's definitely a bust, then. It sounds like you think he's a bust as well. It sounds like it.
2: I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he's a risky pick.
1: Okay, that's, fair enough. So you don't that's... think so you don't think he do you know what he's giving me? And this is this is completely irrational and this
2: is completely unfounded. He's giving me Josh Rosen vibes. Oh. Josh Rosen's a smart guy as well. That's what I'm I saying. but can, can you imagine, right? Imagine you've got a child who is offered places at Harvard, Princeton, places like that, but also these are their eating habits. Yeah. You'd feel like there's something, something's a bit wrong, but yeah. If
1: your daughter, Ben, start putting mayonnaise in her coffee when she's eventually starts drinking coffee, what, what do you do at
2: that moment? Um, my first, my first urge would be the police um and i think second i would ju- i would blame my wife somehow <laughs> she doesn't get this from me yeah.
1: this must be you this must yeah. be you or oh, she's in the wrong crowd that's what that's the other thing you could just go to she must <laughs> yeah. be in that she must be she must be a found herself yeah, in the wrong crowd at school yeah
2: she's with that group in school have been caught experimenting with mayonnaise
1: <laughs> that is absolutely yeah. bizarre i'm glad you managed to find this Get him into this, even if he doesn't go at number seven to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm glad you got him <laughs> in because that is an extraordinary story that uh, I would love to dive deeper into. I mean, hopefully we can get him on College Days at some point and talk oh, to him about this. That I'm sure is, he'd love it. That is absolutely bizarre. Who is next? Who's going to number eight then?
2: So I've got the Falcons picking at number eight, and I've got them picking Tyree Wilson, who's a defensive end out of Texas Tech. So yes, we are continuing with pass rushes yeah. and quarterbacks. He's he's an excellent edge rusher. Um, Texas Tech, finally playing defense. It was something that they just didn't ever used to do. And they when they when they got Tyree Wilson in, they didn't seem to know how to use him properly. He was, you know, he was highly rated, but they struggled to get him in positions where he was actually able to kind of get to the quarterback. And now he does. And he is so He's got such great balance. Like when he has to change the way that his the way that his body moves, he just is able to kind of get through get through a gap, get to the quarterback. Um, but he is someone who is very much a work in progress. So I don't think he's the instant success that I expect the other pass rushers to be, but I think he's just got so much upside and so much talent that he's someone who's he he will really fill a need for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons who of course have Desmond Ridder at quarterback at this moment in time.
2: Yeah, and I I I saw I saw some mock drafts where people were convinced the Falcons are gonna take a quarterback. And maybe they will, but who would they take
1: if they were gonna at this position, obviously Mayonnaise boys off, but
2: who who would they take? <sighs> Who's the next best? Well, let's see. <laughs> so Tanner McKee out of Stanford, who I don't think is a first-round talent, but I think we'll probably go in the first round.
1: <laughs> yeah, just because and... so many teams need a quarterback. I mean, let's just... Uh, we can touch on this now, actually. that You and Will Gavin explored on TalkSport 2 NFL show last week how many teams have uncertain situations at quarterback. And you got to, what,
2: 16? 18. 18. So 18 over of half the of the league. thirty-two. Yeah. So, in effect, there are 14 teams who barring a catastrophic injury they know who their quarterback will be for the next couple of years the other 18 do not and i don't think we've ever seen that level of uncertainty now obviously in a lot of those places there's a quarterback on the roster who may well be their quarterback in the next few years but it's the fact those teams do not know so if you're the bengals you know that barring something catastrophic, yeah, Joe Burrow's our guy for the next few years. The Bears, Justin Fields is our guy for the next few years, the Jags, Trevor Lawrence. But for 18 of those teams, uh, it, who knows? Like the 49ers. Yeah. Like it could
1: you be, could one be <laughs> you could be playing quarterback for them next season.
2: Anyone can play quarterback for the 49ers because they've got such a good scheme and such a yeah. good roster. But they've got three quarterbacks who have won games for them this season. And there's a chance that none of those are the quarterback next season.
1: It's insane. It is absolutely yeah. insane. And do you think as a result of that we're going to see players drafted way too high, quarterbacks drafted way too high in this upcoming draft? You mean
2: even more so than normal? Even yes. more so, yeah, even more yes. so than
1: normal. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I think there's going to be for the next two drafts there will be a um a run on quarterbacks. It is going to be so competitive. And for those teams, if you are someone, say, like the Bears or the Lions, who've got a high draft pick, you are going to be very tempted to trade down because so many teams are going to be desperate for mm-hmm. a quarterback. Now, the Lions might feel like they really want a quarterback. They might not. But for a lot of those teams, they are just absolutely desperate. Is and... there
1: depth in this draft for the quarterback position?
2: No, I don't think so. I, I really like the top two. I think, I think Will Levis can be really good, and then no, I think there's no, a I I then I think there's a drop off. Okay. Um, you because you've got your Tanner McKee from Stanford, you've got Anthony Richardson from Florida. I think those will both go in the first round. Wow. And if teams get really desperate, perhaps Jaden Daniels from LSU, um, could go. I mean, if assuming let's assume that Spencer Rattler does come out there is the outside chance he could go late first round. Like really? It's, it's, you think? We're at, we're at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I would urge teams to not do that. I do not think these are first round quarterbacks. And I'm, I've am i said before, I think a team should draft a quarterback every year. You said quarterback? Don't worry. Draft one with a late pick. Mm-hmm. Develop them. They might end up being a brilliant, cheap backup or they turn into someone that you can trade away and you'll get more draft picks than you spent on them. Yeah, look at Bob Purdy. Exactly. Believe in your ability to develop quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, look so, at Brock Purdy. He's the perfect example of that. He he is now someone who people are considering as a serious talent in this league. I mean, everyone's calling him Mister Irrelevant. Yep. Yeah. And
2: the next Tom Brady. People yeah. are saying, "Well, Gavin's convinced he's the next yeah. Tom Brady." <laughs> and, and, and you know Garoppolo, like that, like the Patriots drafted Garoppolo. I was I was there in the room, sat next to a guy covering it for that university's newspaper, and. They they clearly felt he's either going to replace Tom Brady or we draft him and get a lot of draft picks. So yeah. there is there's an upside to taking one every year. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Who is at number nine, Ben? Okay, I've got the Raiders picking here, and it's Brian Brazee, uh, defensive. Name. Ta- I, mean, I know, <laughs> uh, Brian Brazee, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Clemson have had a disappointing season. Um, For them, if you are not in the playoff, it's a disappointing season. But he's been a bright spot. He's a big guy. Um, He was... When he came out of high school in 2020, he was the number one overall recruit in the entire country. Um, Although he's big, he played basketball at a high level as well. Um, Absolute sack machine. Had an ACL injury last season. Early in the year and people felt how is he, how is he going to be when he comes back? And he's been great. He's kind of super twitchy. He's got great instincts. He's, he's needed more development because of how much time that he, time that he missed. Um, And he perhaps got kind of caught at the line of scrimmage a little bit, a little bit more often. So I think the Raiders will want to look at him and feel that, is he definitely going to fit our scheme um because of the way that the way that he kind of moves along the line of scrimmage i think that he's going to be a fantastic player and i think he'd be going higher if it, if it wasn't for that acl and we had more we had more tape of him but i think he's just one of many top draw defensive linemen in this draft it is we are living in great times for defensive linemen
1: be great times i love that it seems like in recent years we've been living in great times for wide receivers yes and it doesn't sound like you I mean do you have any going in your top 10 i don't think is this going to be a slightly weaker draft for wide receivers
2: it is it's not going to be a bad one necessarily um but it's not going to be anything like anything what was... like what we've what we've had um i think we've just been we've been spoiled and i think we may get to the point where people are feeling well there are going to be so many around maybe we don't draft them too early yeah. maybe we just you know we just wait a little bit which is which is possible um but there is so much there's so much that there will be there will be players going in that in that first round but there's a chance it's only say two potentially yeah. it's probably going to be more but because there are plenty with first with first round ability but I would say there's probably only two that you can guarantee are going to be taken early and that's Quentin johnston out of TCU, who we'll see in the playoff, and Jackson Smith-Njigba, who we'll also see in the playoff. He's at Ohio State. Those are the two best. Those are pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, they're guaranteed to go in the first round, barring an injury. Others, I think it's probable, but those are the two stars.
1: And we'll definitely do another mock draft as it gets closer to draft season. We'll do plenty of them. Me and Ben did one. And build-up to last year. I remember it very well because it was very, very enjoyable. It's a lot of fun doing mock drafts. I love it. I'm not necessarily like a draft nerd, as you can probably tell from this podcast. I don't watch that much college football, but I find it very interesting. And listening to someone like Ben is just brilliant. And that's why you guys love college days and I love being a part of college days. And yeah, it's the one where Nat, when Nat texts me being like, my schedule's ridiculous because his schedule is ridiculous at this moment in time. And he's also just taking leave because have you heard about how bad his Drew Locke's record is? On- <laughs> no. <laughs> have you not heard about it? No. So there's a little plug for Edge Rush. Go and listen. Not necessarily for the picks anymore, but for the just sheer enjoyment of listening to Nat getting an absolute muddle every week about who he's going to pick and how stressed he gets. Very entertaining. Fortunately, we do have Tom Collins from SBK salvaging the podcast. I'm doing okay. I'm nine and five. I'll take that. I think that's a solid performance. But Tom Collins is six and one at this moment in time. So he is the one to listen to on Edge Rush. Go and check that out. It will be coming out this week as well. And they'll be building up to the playoffs also.
2: Number 10, Ben. Now, number 10 is the only player that you have seen in person play a game. Um, And I've got the Steelers at number 10 taking Peter Skoronsky, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. He is, I feel like, NFL ready. Um, He's the best offensive lineman in this draft. Um, His granddad is Bob Skoronsky. And maybe some Packers fans will know that name because he was he um, a left tackle. He, he, was, he used to put mayonnaise in Vince Lombardi's coffee. Vince Lombardi said that was his secret. Um, <laughs> but he um he was a left tackle uh for the Packers when Vince Lombardi was there. Um he is he's got great hands and feet, super strong, great balance. He is fantastic at pass blocking if they if they want to continue and see if Kenny Pickett can be the guy and he could be I'm not sure he will be, but he could be maybe you need to get him great protection mm-hmm. and there's there's not enough good offensive tackles in the league right now no, there and isn't. I think I think Skoronsky is going to come in and will be a very good one very very quickly is consensus all American he's absolutely fantastic. I think he's a very safe pick for the Steelers. Did you, when we watched him obviously play in Ireland,
1: Northwestern versus Nebraska, were you aware of how strong a candidate he was? Do you think he would be a top ten pick?
2: Um, I wouldn't have said top ten at that point. Um, I felt like he's he's one of the offensive tackles who are going to be the a first a, probably a first round guy, but Northwestern have had an awful season, awful. You saw every win they had this season. No. Really? They haven't won a they didn't win a game in America. No. The only game not. they won was the was the the great game in Dublin which went down to the wire where they beat Nebraska. They lost every single game since then. Wow. And when you're on a team that is performing that badly and you're fantastic, boy do you stand out. So, it was like <laughs> he's amazing, everyone else is really struggling. So you could see where they were finding it so difficult all season, but yet nobody could get past him.
1: Honestly, I can't recommend enough. I mean, Ben will vouch this as well to go and watch a game of College Football in Ireland. It was so much fun. We actually, I was actually looking back at photos and videos that we were taking from social media earlier to, uh, yesterday, and we had just an unbelievable time, Ben. It was so it, good.
2: It was amazing. And the idea that the next one is going to be Notre Dame versus Navy, it's there's going to be twice as many people in the city because of that it's going to be ridiculous so yeah i'm i can't i can't wait it was one of my highlights of the entire of the entire season one of my highlights for 2022 we had such great fun such a great i mean they they really want to set themselves up as the home of college football in europe and i can't think of a better place for it so yeah i'm already looking forward to next time
1: and also you'll have the opportunity if you come to have breakfast with Ben, and I can tell you that it's about six hours if you have breakfast <laughs> with Ben, because he has five breakfasts. He has a five course meal for breakfast every morning. He is a much smaller man than me in every aspect, but he yet <laughs> manages to put away 10 times the amount of food I can. And it's insanely impressive. I would come down a little bit later than him for breakfast every morning. And I'd be like, oh, Ben, you, like, how long have you been here? Like, You just started, it looks like. And he's like, no, no, this is my this is my fifth meal. This is my
2: fifth time I've gone out. Like people, people will be listening thinking you're exaggerating, but not really. I'm imagine if there was a buffet somewhere and they laid it all out ready for all the guests, but it's before the guests came in and there was a window open and a raccoon got in. <laughs> That's basically how I treat that buffet
1: literally exactly so yeah if you come to college if you come to the college game in ireland with us you can have breakfast with ben and i can tell you it's a long grueling process but it's a very entertaining one and i very much enjoyed it and i already look uh, forward to next we should, year we
2: could, we could have a competition five winners and each one gets to have one course because you don't want to spend the whole time
1: Because <laughs> yeah, who has that amount of time on their plate exactly yeah i don't think anyone does i don't think anyone does Brilliant stuff, Ben. That is your first mock draft of the season. Just the top ten picks. We'll do a full one close to the time, probably after the NFL season is finished. Excellent, excellent work. We've already touched on the quarterbacks elsewhere. Playoffs. Interesting stuff. Although
2: I'm hearing, Ben, that Georgia guaranteed to win it pretty much. Um, so at the start of the season, I was talking with um other members of the kind of I'm I'm in a group of UK and Ireland uh, kind of college football writers, and we do our top 25 each week. And at the start of the season, I was like, does anyone see anyone winning the national championship other than Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State? And we didn't see anyone. We felt like it's going to be those three plus one other team that's going to get absolutely Mm. schlacked. And it ended up that Alabama didn't even make it. Ohio State only got in because because USC lost, and that meant that people then looked at Ohio State. So Ohio State now have got to face Georgia, and TCU are going to play Michigan. So Georgia ranked number one, Ohio State ranked number four. But I imagine that Georgia, although Georgia certainly won't fear Ohio State, they'll look at the talent on that roster and think, Michigan, who are ranked number two, have got the easier game against yeah. TCU. Ohio State are... Loaded with talent, but at no point during this season do they seem to be able to put it together. And when they played Michigan, they were absolutely blown out. But that was the only loss they had. Georgia obviously haven't lost. They've been perfect. And I'm not sure they've played a poor game all season. They've just looked an absolute machine. Stetson, ben- Stetson Bennett at quarterback, who is quite unfairly maligned because he's he doesn't look like he's got the attributes to be a pro quarterback quarterback but he's someone who can just dominate games in college in the right scheme with the right, with the right team. I, Ohio state, Georgia is going to be a fantastic game. I I think if anyone can push Georgia because of the, the talent they've got, it's Ohio state, but I don't see them beating Georgia in that semifinal Michigan TCU. It's been a fairy tale season for TCU. Um, they lost the big 12 championship game, but they still got picked to make the playoffs, but they were one. They're basically one play away from having a, a perfect record they've been really good but in terms of the talent they're going to really struggle against michigan um the michigan defense is just so difficult to score against i think that's going to be a comfortable win for michigan i think we're going to see a georgia michigan national championship game and it's going to be a georgia win i just don't see how any of these teams can beat georgia um i hope the game is competitive I mean they're, they're both semifinals are on New Year's Eve. I'm sure lots of you are gonna be spending your New Year's Eve watching them. I think one kicks off at nine, one kicks off at one AM. So at the very least, if you've if you've gone out and had some drinks, just get back for one AM and watch yeah. the second game. That's quite an entertaining so, one actually. Yeah. So I I I'm looking forward to, to both these games, but I feel pretty confident that it's Georgia and Michigan who are gonna win them.
1: I saw um point which was Stetson Bennett who is the George quarterback, who you said, I've seen a little bit of just him just getting taken the mickey out of all the time because he just doesn't look like a quarterback. Mm. And he seems to be very confident and riding on this high, even though obviously it seems like the rest of the team is sort of carrying him. But as you said, maybe that is a little bit unfair, but he's 25 years old, <laughs> which is the same age as Kyler Murray... Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy in 2016. Kyler Murray won it in 2018, and Joe Burrow (laughs) won it in 2019. And he's what just been nominated for the Heisman Trophy, didn't win it, but in 2022, (laughs) and he's the same age as all of those quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, Uh, I mean, he's sticky. He's been sticking around at Georgia, like just living, living his best life.
1: Because how long can he stay? Can he just? Is he gonna be there
2: forever? Um, well, I, I, I think he might have one year of eligibility left. Um. He doesn't need to go. He's not going to make us an NFL quarterback. No, that's the thing. So just,
1: just enjoy it. Just stay in Georgia. It. Yeah. Just yeah. Stay, just have exactly. a college. Has anyone ever done that? Um, Has anyone just stayed at college, just doing master's degrees after master's degrees, just sport, getting as many degrees as you can, just
2: to sport sport keep riding of, that wave? Sort of. And become graduate assistant, not playing, because you can only play for a certain number of years, but you can then become a graduate assistant um, and be part of the coaching staff. I mean, what a life. I'd do that. I know. I mean, Drew, Drew Brees is going to be a co- uh, coaching intern. Uh, at the bowl game yeah he's going to be a coaching intern for purdue where he went to university so he's a coaching intern i think that's his official title
1: so he's still got more experience at coaching than jeff saturday that's crazy <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ben, brilliant stuff this has been really really enjoyable and i think i've managed to hide my hangover pretty well and i have to say that was uh that was really enjoyable the whole way through you've done a brilliant job fascinating stuff and you predict Georgia to win you predict Bryce Young to be the NFL quarterback or the NFL player first off the board is there anything else people should be keeping an eye out for in the bowl season anything else that you feel everyone needs to know any interesting aspects because I mean as you've said we discussed there's so much going on in college football right now
2: something I'll say about the bowl games I I can't get enough of them I'll watch any of them it's a little bit like you know when you have that drop off during the world cup where there's the group stage you've got four games a day and then all of a sudden it's like two windows and then yeah. you have a days without games when the bowl season kicks in it's it's good for getting over that kind of post world cup hangover of like okay there's a game there's a game every day what we're seeing more and more is that a lot of top players are opting out of the bowl games because they are going into the draft if it's the playoff because the playoffs are so important, there's a se- feeling of like, well, it's just a bowl game; it's just an exhibition game, in effect. I can't be bothered, and I and I get it, and I'm not going to kind of rail against it. What I find interesting is that Nick Saban has been basically advising certain players don't play in the bowl game. Really, and clearly for him. So, obviously, a big part of college football success is recruiting high school kids. Now, you've got to feel like, okay, well, what is more likely to bring in top recruits? Is it that we won whatever bowl game? Not talking about playoffs now, just the bowl game. Is it winning that bowl game? Or is it knowing that the head coach is looking after the NFL prospects of those top players? Because those, those players who are coming to Alabama or going to Ohio State, whatever, it's because they, they feel this gives me the best chance of being an NFL star and earning generational money and being a being an absolute hero so i think nick saban has got it figured out that it's not about winning the bowl game it's about doing right by your players mm-hmm. and seeing that the recruits know that you do right by your players
1: which is fascinating because i think that's just another i mean obviously he's been what well, he is the most successful college coach of all time yeah he's the most celebrated yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just, uh, and also he's still developing, he's still growing, he's still learning, and I think that's a, yeah. a great, just sort like, of, yeah, just
2: like Bill Belichick. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously they work together at the Cleveland Browns, and they are both these guys who just they are not stubborn. They yeah. they want to surround themselves with new young coaches and pick their brains and get their concepts in. Like they can still relate to the to the young players. They're not just like, oh no, it's my way. I mean, look at someone like Mike Ditka. You know he had a he had his moments, but he's very much a stubborn player, a st- stubborn coach, stuck in his ways. Of here's how things have to be done. Mm-hmm. The likes of Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, constantly adapting, constantly changing. And college football has changed so much with the um, with the fact that players can in effect be paid. A lot of coaches struggle with that. Nick Saban just working with it all.
1: Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Fascinating. And it's a shame we won't see Alabama in the college playoffs, but it's nice to have them not in there for one year, you know? Yeah, for one, they'll be back. They'll definitely be back, exactly. Excellent work, Ben go and check out the Monday review show with the brilliant Mike Colson that's in the vault Greg Rosenthal will be on the preview show the brilliant Greg Rosenthal a fan favourite from the Around the NFL podcast and the NFL Network sensational stuff FFS will be in there Edge Rush That is inevitably going to lose again so that is very entertaining Just go and check that out on Edge Rush but Ben Isaacs you'll be back on the show very very soon I'm sure excellent work and um, a very good very...
2: thank you
0: Podcast Network.